Mike Gitto there, and welcome to the rewrap for Wednesday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking breakfast on News Talk ZB in a sillier package. I am Glenn ZB. And this morning, uh, Mike uh, watched the news with amusement last night as they did a story that wasn't really a story. What are the chances of that happening? Uh, what is a fun voucher? Um, what are the new Super Rugby rules? you need to know about and what is a kawano so it's a lot of uh, answers to what is stuff uh, today um, starting with uh, what is going to happen with Trevor Mallard if anything two losers and a winner out of the Trevor Mallard no confidence vote comes scandal like most things in life it didn't need to be this way did it really Trevor Mallard destroyed a reputation of not a life the poor man's lawyer the other day in submission suggested in court the man still feels like a leper, and who can blame him? Trevor doesn't talk about any of this, of course. Uh, for a while last year, when the full detail of the mess he created became public, not to mention the bill that we are picking up, the press gallery chased him about the place for a while, but he heard, he ducked, he said nothing. So the big question as to just what it was he thought he knew to be able to say the things he did remains largely a mystery. But here's the thing. Everyone makes mistakes, and if he had gotten a grip on himself early, fallen on his sword, apologised profusely, offered amends, asked for forgiveness, and generally behaved like a human being, at least some of the carnage could have been mitigated, but he didn't, and we are where we are. So the winner is national, because this is exactly the sort of thing an effective opposition should be doing. They should not just be on the side of right. They should be representative of what I suspect is the majority view of this country when the government, because of petty party politics, isn't doing their job. Matters of justice, decency and morals should be the domain of a good opposition, even, as in this case, they can't win a vote of no confidence given they don't have the numbers. By prosecuting the case, they win a moral victory and hang a few reputations out to dry, which brings us to the losers. One, obviously Mallard, who if he had any shred of decency would have, along with the aforementioned apologies, have quit as Speaker a long time ago. You can't oversee rules, demeanour and behaviour when your record is as stained as his. And two, the Labour Party, who by defending him, protecting him and sticking their fingers in their ears and pretending it'll all go away, align themselves with him and his character. By protecting him, they protect the indefensible as though it's acceptable and that speaks to their character as much as Mallard's. And yes, with time, this will be just another mess swept under the carpet. Politics is like that. Lives and reputations tossed asunder, only drawing attention until the next news cycle, press release or headline. But doing the right thing is still important. And National, by not letting Christmas get in the way the way Labour had hoped, are doing the indisputably right thing. Um, just on the Trevor Mallard... I mean, it's not an impeachment, but it just reminds me so much of what's going on in Washington at the moment. Uh, I hope Mike remembers that he thinks that they did the right thing, even though it wasn't going to work, uh, when he talks about that second impeachment as well. I'm sure he will. Um, I think he was hoping he might get some actual news stories on the news last night, but it wasn't to be. Um, in New Zealand's had a difficult week, if you subscribe to the fact that they've been in the news as being a difficult week. Uh, I think the reality of Chris Luxon's response yesterday, that the contract for the Saudis was so small, he as chief executive at the time wouldn't have even seen it. They had a couple of engines, one which was in bits, and they're going to put it in a plastic bag and send it back to the Saudis. That was the wrong decision yesterday. Finish the work, honour the contract. And as for Golres and their... Oh, for God's sake. Anyway, so Air New Zealand's second story last night. TV3, this, 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 this caught my attention. Air New Zealand crews allowed to leave quarantine for exercise in the Auckland CBD. And I think, what? Auckland Air New Zealand crews allowed to leave quarantine for exercise in the Auckland CBD. Now, once upon a time, the crews got to go home and self-isolate, but then they changed the rules a few weeks ago and you had to go into MIQ in the hotel, but you're allowed to, um, to exercise at certain hotels. Anyway, they changed hotels. 
and they change now to the Grand Windsor. Now, Grand Windsor is very, very nice. The luxurious Grand Windsor Hotel. This is where Air New Zealand crew now quarantine after a trip to the United States, paid for by you, the taxpayer. That's correct. I didn't put the music in there, by the way. They did that for some reason. The oh, I just assumed there was a person playing the harp next to him <laughs> as he was saying that. So the Air New Zealand crew staying at the very beautiful, as paid for by us, Grand Windsor Hotel. I don't know who they expect to pay the bill. We're paying the bill for everything else going. Anyway, here are the, uh, the, the health ministry guidelines for exercise. They were originally at the Ramada Hotel in Auckland CBD, and when they switched to the Grand Windsor in downtown Auckland on Friday, they were still being told... As per the Ministry of Health guidelines, you will be able to leave the hotel for up to 90 minutes of exercise per day. Right. But that's about to change, and I'll come back to that in a moment. But can you leave the hotel when you're in downtown Auckland at the fabulous Grand Windsor Hotel? Can you leave the hotel and just step out jogging into Queen Street? They were told to wear PPE while exercising and not come within two metres of anyone. But that's an almost impossible feat in the central city. Exactly. The man standing on the central city in Queen Street and it's absolutely abuzz with people. You couldn't possibly, as an Air New Zealand staffer, step out into that and not spread COVID just everywhere. But of course, because they changed the hotels and they realised that, of course, they couldn't just step out into Queen Street, what happened then? The Ministry of Health changed its advice hours after the hotel switch oh. to no longer allow crew to leave for exercise. Right, so... As soon as they worked out that the crew had changed to the Grand Windsor in Queen Street and it would be ridiculous they run down the street, they changed the rules. So the rules no longer apply. So all of a sudden, the whole premise of the story that Air New Zealand staff can run down Queen Street isn't actually true because the rules have been changed. The very important question is how many people actually left the Grand Windsor to go running down Queen Street? Air New Zealand says nobody left oh. the Grand Windsor. Nobody. So they changed the rules and nobody left the hotel, hence it isn't a story. I wish there was a setting on your TV that registered when you yell at it, this isn't a story. And then that feedback was went directly back to the people in TV land. Uh, because that would, hopefully, maybe that would make a difference and we'd stop having stories that aren't stories. Like the story the other week which was the second story in the news bulletin about how to do a CV so you can get a job if you've lost your job because of COVID. I mean, it was helpful advice. Actually, it wasn't that helpful. It was just do a CV. But um, but it wasn't a story. Not like the fun voucher story out of Australia. Now, that's a story. Interesting thing in Australia. Talk to Steve about it later. They're having these th- free $100 fun vouchers. <laughs> New South, Wales, New South Wales fun vouchers. Anyway, they're going to be rolled out within days. They were supposed to start in December, but they were delayed because the venues were already too busy, which sort of defeats the purpose, I would have thought, of the exercise, wasn't it? Originally, you know, it was that dine out in Rishi and Britain and all that sort of stuff. You know, people were struggling, trying to keep the doors open so you give people free money to go buy food. If you're already too busy, they really probably don't need the money you don't have in the first place. Yeah, there's something about making fun mandatory that... I don't know. Take some of the fun out of it. If it's compulsory fun, go out and have some fun or else. <laughs> um, I was happy here. Melting cheese on things, drinking bourbon. That was fun. Um, is watching Super Rugby fun? 
Uh, and will they make it more fun with these new rules? Change is coming to Super Rugby. It won't bore you with the uh, in-goal dropout because... Anyway, uh, the big changes are these. A global debut. Actually, extra time. I'll give you the second best one first. Extra time if the scores are level. Single 10-minute period will be played with the first point scored ensuring the win. So that's new. I think that's good. You don't want to end with a draw. We didn't have any draws last year, but in Australia they had draws. You don't want to draw. Draws are for losers. Uh, global debut, though, of a captain's referral. So each team's given one referral, which can be activated in one of these three scenarios. Any decision in the last five minutes of the game, an infringement in the build-up to a try, or foul play. So you get one crack as a captain to, to pull the pin. I think there'll be debate about that. There'll be debate around whether you should have uh, a couple. Because, of course, in American football, you can have several. And you lose a timeout. If you challenge and lose, you lose a timeout. There's got to be a penalty to challenging. Tennis has gone down this track as well. So those are the two key changes, and they're coming up in Super Rugby this year. Am I just super stupid, or was that super complicated? Because it sounded to me like something that would happen with the America's Cup rules that they'd end up in court debating about. Maybe I'm just not in the mood for that kind of thing today. I don't know. Uh, we're going to finish up here with, a, is it a fruit or a vegetable? Anyway, there's something that sounds disgusting. All the ins and the outs, it's The Biz. On the Mike Hosking Breakfast on News Talk ZB. Now, could we have found our next major fruit export this morning? We bring you the kiwano, which are horned melons. It's a type of African cucumber. It's also called the cucumis metuliferous. Uh, the kiwano, it's egg-shaped. Uh, mottled golden sort of fruit. It's covered in sharp spikes. Its flavour is described as a cross between passion fruit, banana and lime. Uh, but some say it tastes like chicken. Uh, flesh is lime green and jelly-like. Ugh. Uh, traditionally, it's a food plant in Africa. And one of the food uh, few sources of water in the Kalahari. It can be eaten, this is my favourite part of this, it can be eaten at any stage of ripening. That's a useful fruit. Very useful fruit. Uh, anyway, there's a Tepuki company it, called... It doesn't say that it's nice, though, at any stage. I mean, most things can be eaten at any stage of ripening. Oh, no, I think, I think they're saying once you, get to, once you get to the super ripening, the seeds explode. But apart from that, delicious the whole way through. Just any time of the year. Anyway, Kami is the company in Tepuki. They're growing them, and they're going gangbusters. So they planted 11 hectares, 60,000 vines. Normally produce 30,000 trays or 135 tonnes. And it's got plantings here in California, so it harvests year-round, and most of it's exported to the States. 80% of the fruit goes there. And they say there's an explosion of interest from the States last year, and they're hoping to expand the business in the coming years. And here's the further good news. It's huge in vitamin C and very, very good in dietary fibre. Just once I want them to discover something uh, that has no nutritional value whatsoever, it's like, mm, it doesn't really have any probiotics or antioxidants or vitamins. Uh, it just tastes lovely and uh, cleanses your palate. Um, but yeah, it's not healthy. It's not unhealthy, just fun to eat. We were, can we make one of those? I'm Glenn ZB. I'm going off to find something fun to eat. That was the rewrap, and we'll be back here again tomorrow. See you then.